Oh, glad tidings to you and yours. It's time for a very Vince Vaughn Christmas here at Movie Mastery. (laughs) I am John, and my co-host Jeff is with me, and he is the one inflicting a very Vince Vaughn Christmas upon me and all of you. (laughs) It took me a while to come up with a Christmas theme, and then I thought to myself, who was farting up Christmas movies with his steamy style dad rock? And isn't Tim Allen. And isn't Tim Allen for a brief period around 2007. And then it came to me like a bolt from the blue. Let's fuck up everyone's good time with a very Vince Vaughn Christmas. Great. I love it. I love everything about it. I'm lying. <laughs> it's got to be horrible. Ugh. So we start off our Vince Vaughn Christmas with that... <laughs> vaunted classic fred claus we couldn't really decide how to do the two events there's two vince vaughn classics in 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 the christmas genre and then a few more non-classics well i mean he's in a number of films obviously but uh the two christmas films that he has blessed the world with are of course fred claus and another one which will uh, which will show up in a few weeks. Yes. I don't know why I'm trying to keep that a spoiler. It's not like, it's like anyone's not going to be able to figure out what Four Christmases is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, for a couple of years in a row, he tried to break into the Tim Allen game, uh, and instead Vince Vaughn did up real good. And instead everyone was like, wait a minute, you're Vince Vaughn. Hang on, you've never been caught in an airport with a pound of cocaine. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as always, we're going to get into the spoilers for this movie later, but just a surface level of this, Vince Vaughn is Santa's older brother, Fred. His shitty, shifty, older brother, Fred. Yep. And and F- Santa himself is none other than Paul Giamatti. I know, this uh, movie just brimming with people. Oh, yeah, it's packed to the rafters with luminaries. Yeah, we got Kathy Bates as Santa's mom. Mm-hmm. And we also have Elizabeth Banks as no one. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks as Charlene. Ho- hot person that an <laughs> elf wants to bang. <laughs> and Rachel Weiss as side character. As hot person that Vince Vaughn wants to bang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just brimming from toe to tip. That's a Bart. I mean, I'm sorry. That's a lot of stars. Uh, we got Luda. We got, oh, yeah, Luda's in this. We got Kevin Spacey. Yeah, we got... Oh, uh, Kevin Spacey before the Troubles. John Michael Higgins. Oh, good, yes. Everyone was super excited about the whereabouts of John Michael Higgins. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I see John Michael Higgins in something, I'm like, I like that guy. I do like him a lot, but the reason I like him is, well, because he's good, but a lot of it is also close general association with all those mockumentary, uh, the... What's that, Christopher Guest movies? Well, I mean, like he's a lot all of, of people them. in this movie, yeah. your you're Paul Giamatti's, your Kathy Bates, mm-hmm. normally you see them in better films. <laughs> yeah, but in his case, he is almost, he never turns down a Christopher Guest project. He's in Why a mighty, would you? Yeah, no, because they're amazing, but he's in A Mighty Wind, he's in Waiting for Guffman, uh, Best in Show, at all, I don't even, uh, maybe he's all the way back in uh, in the the one I can't remember the name of that's very good. <laughs> You know the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> you know the one. The one. The one about how mine goes to 11. I don't remember if he's in that or not. This is Spinal Tap. That's is what spi- you were thinking I'm of. I'm thinking of this is Spinal Tap. And I don't know. I mean, he might have been for all I know, but I haven't seen it in forever. So. Yeah. 
I haven't seen it long enough to briefly forget its name. <laughs> but then again, I also forgot Bruce Willis's name earlier today. I yeah, think man, I, that took me a while. I couldn't even remember Willis. It took me like a good five minutes to get to Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, the movie's packed with stars. Yeah. And unfortunately, all of them are wasted. And uh, it's garbage. And Vince Vaughn doesn't learn a goddamn thing. Yeah, as is the way for basically any Christmas movie that isn't a children's Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. Everyone is an asshole unrepentantly throughout the whole movie, and then someone learns a lesson, but it doesn't mean anyone stops being an asshole. Yeah, yeah, everyone's still an asshole at the end, but one of them has had a brief change of heart. Yeah, one of them's like, and now I'm an asshole that likes Christmas. And then they are rewarded in an incommensurate to the amount of work they put into it level for oh, that, that yeah. thing. It's always like, all right, fine. I guess I'll give a shit for, uh, let me see my watch here. 31 seconds. You got 31 seconds of me giving a shit. Well, great. You're a Christmas miracle. Here's a million dollars in a big pair of tits. Here you go. Here's a parade and 50 blowjobs. Good job. You did it. You cared about Christmas. And here's a Stevie Ray Vaughan song. <laughs> <laughs> All I want for Christmas is some farty dad rock. <laughs> uh, all right. You know what? We're going to take a little musical break. We're going to get real deep <laughs> into, into the mythology <laughs> of Fred Claus, which let me tell you, I didn't realize it, but the mythology behind Fred Claus is going to be as infuriating as when we tried to do the mythology behind the Santa Claus. Yeah, so stay tuned until after the break, because we're going to get knuckles deep into Fred Claus. <laughs> I'm a mod, you know what I mean, and I do my little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk, on the catwalk, yeah, I shake my little touch on the catwalk. Ho, ho, ho. It's time. We're back. And Fred motherfucking Claus. Oh, my God. This movie's trash. How the, do they get the 2000s were like the, the worst period for Christmas movies. The thing is, you hear, OK, we're going to do a movie about Santa Claus's brother, who's sort of a, a shifty Vince Vaughn, type. Vince Vaughn type. And I. I don't immediately hate it. When I saw the commercials for Fred Claus, I was like, that doesn't look good, but it doesn't look horrible. I, I've never been a huge fan of Vince Vaughn. I don't have a problem with Vince Vaughn. I understand the people that do, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to bat for him, yeah. but he does not personally give me any sort of affront. Vince Vaughn, we've talked about this on Movie Mastery, God, maybe 30 to 500 times. He's the embodiment of the this character only makes sense if no one else in the world knows how to say shut up. <laughs> uh, he, every one of his roles is that, where he's just like, hey, Motormouth, huh? I'm going to get you to college. I'm going to take you out of college. Hey, how about lending me 50 bucks and I give you 100 bucks and they give you 200 bucks and I have 300 bucks and you have doing 200 bucks. Shut up. Just stop. <laughs> See, and that's why it's good that he's opposite Santa Claus. Yeah. Because Santa's like, I'm too nice to just tell you to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> But everyone else eventually gets turned around by how fast he's talking and how charming his big doughy grease face is. <laughs> Don't be so mean to Vince Vaughn's face. I'm going to be that mean. Even if I had Vince Vaughn's face in front of me, I'd be like, John Favreau was the good one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be like, yeah, I know that. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, the 
mythology of this movie starts right away as we are in a little cottage in the woods. Yeah, we're in some antique Bavarian cottage in in the middle 1400s. Where the clauses are awaiting the birth of their second child, mm-hmm. which they will name Nicholas. Yeah. And right out the gate, little baby Nick is magic. And fat. And CGI. Yeah, he's a magic CGI fat baby. Yeah, he uh, he's, comes he, out fat. He's a and human he comes baby. Out ho ho ho! And he's a human baby and everything. He's not like a full CGI baby. Like they used a two month old baby to do this shot, but then they CGI'd his mouth on, like in the talking dog movie. Oh yeah, because <laughs> they want him to be like ho 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 as a baby. But ooh man, that looked bad. You could just take a baby babbling and cut the dialogue out and dub in some ho hos. But no, they had to CGI in a mouth. Yeah, <laughs> this uh. <laughs> This movie really looked like a Conan bit. It really liked the idea that they could just fix it in CGI. There's a couple of times, and uh, that's gonna that's gonna pop up a few times. Mm-hmm. But we also see his older brother Frederick. Mm-hmm. So Nicholas and Frederick, and to start with, Fred loves his little brother. Well, he promises. He swears on his life to be the best big brother in the world. Indeed. Which I was like, come on, kid. That's kind of a big give. Uh, lots of kid, lots of people have little brothers. You don't need to. We didn't need this. Yeah, but I mean, also, this is like way the fuck out in Bavaria yeah. or whatever. It's too much portent, though, for him to be like, and I swear I shall be the greatest brother in history. And you're like, oh, good. Well, I guess that's the movie is him living up to that. <laughs> Except it really isn't. I mean, I mean, you're the baby of your family, so you don't have any experience with this. But when my brother and sister were born, I was like, fucking shut up. Stay away from my Nintendo. Oh, yeah. No, I understand. Because <laughs> that's what, you know, my sisters were to me. Yeah. <laughs> Except I had the Nintendo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the <laughs> the arc of this then as children is Nick starts being more and more santa clausy mm-hmm. so like at one point uh fred makes him a birthday present that's like here's a journal for you i made it myself it says nicholas on it and he's like great now i'm gonna take all of this and donate it to an orphan his name is henry by the way yeah and you know as much as you're like hey that's like that's real great but maybe don't give him the thing that your brother just made you that has your name on it mm-hmm. and he points this out and his mother's like, oh, shut up. Yeah, now notably, Kathy Bates in this movie plays uh, Mrs. Claus, Mrs. Claus the mom, uh, as unreasonably dedicated to how great Santa is. Yeah, like, uh, anytime she says anything, she's like, oh, my little Saint Nicholas, he's a saint. Indeed, mm-hmm. he is so saintly. Why can't you be more like your brother? And then as an adult, she's like, oh, I am truly amazed by you every time she sees uh, Santa and so on. Yeah, which really, because he's grown up into a, you know, kind of nervous little Paul Giamatti type. Yeah, they turned (laughs) Santa into Paul Giamatti. So, you know, (laughs) oof. Uh, Okay, so over, yeah, over their childhoods, Nicholas's unrelenting goodness as Santa chafes uh, Frederick the wrong way uh, a lot. Like, he keeps pulling miracles and Frederick's like, look, Mom, I made my own clothes. And then Nicholas comes down the chimney and is like, look, I can go up and down chimneys. Yeah. It's like, oh, the door was locked, so I just came down the chimney. Oh, that's amazing. Why didn't you just knock? Oh, shut up. 
Fred. <laughs> You're like, okay. So finally, Fred goes to do the Disney thing of hiding in a tree and talking to an animal friend, because it turns out he is a little bird named Chirp Chirp that lives in a tree. Uh, of course, obviously. Yep. I mean, that sounds like it belongs in Fred Claus, right? Yeah, obviously. Uh, and then his brother chops down the tree while he's sitting in it so they can put it in the house and it can be the first Christmas tree. Yeah. I mean... <sighs> so... It's really hard to think of ways for your brother Santa Claus to be a problem. And and so they came out kind of dumb. The problem is, it's not even so much that, he, like, Nicholas is a problem, even though cutting down a tree while your brother is in it, dick move. Uh, but the fact that, like, basically every shot we see from his childhood is he is being outshined by his brother, and not only that, his family is like, Hey, you, shut up. We don't like you. As Get much. out of the way. There's a little baby here. Yeah. <laughs> so when you see that, you know, he grows up to be sort of a resentful shyster of a man, he turns into a Vince Vaughn, mm -hmm. there is at least a brief moment at the beginning of this movie where you're like, you know, I kind of feel bad for you, you know, if your brother's Santa Claus and your family treats you like garbage. Yeah, no, it's because uh, Kathy Bates in particular does not seem to have a uh, arc in this movie. No, she there's just... no, even after, I mean, spoiler alert, Fred saves Christmas, mm -hmm. she's still just like, and you're still ugly, and the person you're dating is way out of your league. You should dress better. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's it? That's what we're ending on? Haven't you ever seen Santa? He's so great. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I mean, okay, so yeah, it turns out we, we cut to the, oh, sorry, we end the scenes of, of childhood times by the by Nicholas getting uh, so much, too much attention that Fred finally snaps and like starts throwing rotten apples and stuff at him, and then vows to never talk to him again. And it's like, oh, and indeed, when he grew up, he became an, a saint. He became Santa Claus. And this is where the mythology of the movie steps in, and I begin to wonder what is going on in the universe that Fred Claus takes place in, because the narrator is like, now, as we all know, when someone becomes a saint, time stops for them. And their family. Their immediate family, too. And anyone they're married to. And you're like, hold on. I. <sighs> so, in this universe, anyone who's sainted, this happens to? Mm hmm. And you got to assume that at that point, Frederick had moved away and didn't. And then he was like, wait a minute, how come I'm not getting older? Yeah. Because at this point, <laughs> you know, when we see him, he is Vince Vaughn age. So, a, a, we'd assume that he was that age whenever Saint Nick became a saint. Mm hmm. And, like, I I don't have so much of a problem with it when you're like, oh, but what about some of the other saints? Oh, well, they were dead when they were sainted, so it's oh, fine. Yeah. They're no, just dead. That was a huge problem. Is it, aren't most, most saints sainted uh, posthumously? Yes. Which is why I was like, okay. Oh, good. So a lot time, of frozen corpses. Yeah. The, cor the corpse doesn't decay anymore, I suppose. <laughs> oh, St. Francis of Assisi is going to be so thrilled to hear that in his grave. Yeah, and then the few times where you're like, oh, and this does happen, you'd have to imagine that at this point it's the Catholic Church who is making people saints. Now the Catholic Church has the power of immortality by just declaring someone as a saint? Apparently so, yeah, and you'd think that they would be you'd abusing that power. You'd think the Pope would just immediately be like, I'm a saint, fuck you, I'm a saint, living forever. <laughs> Uh, maybe he doesn't know yet, because most saints get declared who are posture like all the most recent saints. Like who's the most all the best saints? Like like uh, Mother Teresa got sainted, right? Yeah, she was a saint who was alive in our own lifetimes. Uh, is I mean, she posthumous, posthumous though. So who knows? 
Well, like, the who was the last is, saint who was sainted non posthumously? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that there has been one, and if there has, it's been a while. Yeah, I but mean, that's why it's weird when the movie narrator is like, as we all know, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but that also brings up a point that's going to be contentious in this movie is, do people know that Santa Claus is around? There's only one scene in the entire movie where it looks like people are belittling someone for mentioning Santa as a real figure. All the rest of the movie, it seems like Santa is just assumed to exist in this universe. Well, the thing is, most of this movie takes place at the North Pole, so it's not like he has to really encounter anyone mm-hmm. who's not in on the whole Santa thing. So the only couple times where it might be is like a few scattered moments in the movie, but even then it's not one way or another where you really get a definitive yes or no on So this. there's a point where Rachel Weiss, who plays... Uh, Vince Vaughn's real-world girlfriend, is pulled to the North Pole to sit in an intervention. And she, and she just participates in the intervention. She doesn't go, holy fuck, Santa Claus! She's Which, just like, Vince, I actually do need to talk to you about some things. But the thing is, we don't know if she did that before mm-hmm. he got there. If, like, the sleigh showed up for her and she was like, oh, holy shit. The other thing is, everyone does get the specific toy they request. It's a major the- uh, uh, pl- uh, plot point throughout the movie, is that when you send the letter, the letter generates the specific toy you requested, which means there's definitely a Santa in this world, and, and it's not one where anyone, I- except for one very weird scene, no one has ever made fun of for talking about Santa as if he exists in this film. So I think this is a film, and it would have benefited dramatically, you're right, from someone at the beginning of the movie being, also, everyone knows that Santa's real in this universe. Just so you know, carry on. Yeah, because in the Santa Claus, it's very understood that nobody believes in Santa, even though he shows up and gives gifts that nobody bought. Yeah, that's the standard movie Santa, is he shows up in houses and delivers presents, and then the parents just magically assume responsibility for those presents. And there's never a discussion, even when it's like, ah, I brought you a kayak, ho, 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 the parents are still like, yeah, that makes sense. I did that. Yeah, I understand that a kayak is here now. I think you're supposed to magically assume the other spouse bought it and not say anything. And never talk. And then single parents, of course, are are just brainwashed. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, so I, I'm thinking that this is a universe where Santa just exists. The, the the thing, the other thing he's bringing up for me is if it is a universe where Santa just exists. Yeah. Let's let's assume that that's let's, the case. Let's go ahead and assume that. Uh, there's a whole bunch about Vince Vaughn rambling that there's more statues of the bullshit Santa Claus, who's just a big old fame hound, than there are of Buddha. Yes. And I'm like, well, yeah, because fucking Santa Claus delivers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're in a universe where Santa Claus clearly exists and gives you literally everything on your list then yeah (laughs) that's a deity that you can point to (laughs) yeah that's one you can you can count on he is real what's what's buddha doing is he showing up at your house on buddha day and (laughs) buddha ain't never showed up and give me a plum or something i would have been like thanks for the plum buddha (laughs) he'd be like hey man you're thank you for not asking for a lotus flower i'm running low (laughs) no i just want a plum but so yeah i mean every time he says that i'm like wait a minute but if santa's real and delivers presents and fuck yes there's gonna be more graven idols to him the other problem is that means a lot of people are gonna believe in santa who otherwise would not because they are seeing direct evidence that the christian kids are getting presents and you you think that santa might be a politic or a religious yes because he's just a nice person right yeah but his powers came from sainthood yes which is specifically a catholic thing well his I don't know that his powers did, just the immortality. (laughs) 
Be- so, so his ability to cr- travel the world in a night and deliver gifts to everybody is different from his immortality. I mean, <laughs> it's too. Se- he has two origin stories. He's like the Wolverine of of mythical well, holiday figures. That's the problem with this movie is it very quickly establishes that maybe Santa isn't magical in the one doing this. I- well, we'll get to that. God, are we ever deep in the weeds already? No, this movie's mythology is just nonsense, <laughs> top to bottom. Well, we open in the modern day on Fred Claus in his new role as a Repo Man, which he will do in this one scene and then never again. Yeah, I, I don't know if they were doing that just to be like, hey, we wanted to do a quick juxtaposition. You see, Santa delivers gifts, and now Fred Claus has gotten a job where he takes gifts away from people. Mm -hmm. You see, it's like a dark mirror. (laughs) But he only does it during the opening scene there, and then never mentions that job again. (laughs) So he's standing in front of some house that's having repossessions done to it, and a little girl comes out and kicks him in the shin. And of course, he just, this is the Vince Vaughn character in this movie, is anytime anything bad happens to him, he just reacts with a flurry of various things. He's like, oh, I'm going to definitely sue you for that. I've suffered physical damage from you. Who teaches a kid to kick someone? I'm going to go find your dad and talk to him about kicking me. You shouldn't be kicking me. In fact, you should be thanking me. He's just like, wow, dude, you just, too much. Every time, it's too much. (laughs) There's the point where he threatens Santa by saying, I have a lawyer who has a lot of vowels in his last name, and I'm going to sick him on you. And I'm like, dude, don't also be racist. (laughs) Too late. I mean, I know you're also racist against Italians, so that's not the worst, but but don't be racist. Uh, the, the whole thing with Vince Vaughn's character that we find is not only is he a fast talking curmudgeon asshole. He's a huge dirtbag who refuses to accept any blame for anything. Yeah. He forgets his girlfriend's birthday and tries to fast talk his way out of it. And indeed he does. The problem I have with this is it doesn't make me feel like, oh, the Vince Vaughn character is very good at talking his way out of trouble. It just makes me feel like the Rachel Vice character, like, has has been in some relationship problems. Well, we were talking about this. This is a movie where diegetically Santa Claus exists and everyone knows it, and also a movie where no one has figured out how to just tell Vince Vaughn to shut up. Yeah. But she, instead of being like, shut up, is like, Oh, you've talked me into loving you again. Yeah. And I'm like, she's like, no. Remember that time you promised we'd go to France and then instead we went to New Jersey for a gambling trip? And and you you told me we were going to France, so I bought those language tapes and I learned to speak French. And he's like, how dare you turn that around on me? Now you know how to speak French and I can never take that away from you. It's a, it's a beautiful gift you've given yourself and blah, 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 blah. And then he promises to take her to like a Asian restaurant called Bonsai Palace because there's a billboard behind her about it. And for some reason, she's like, oh, my, are you really going to take me to a place called Bonsai Palace? Oh, I love you forever. And you're like, what? That doesn't sound like a magic place to go to. That just sounds like a cheap Asian restaurant. Yeah, I mean, especially because it's not like she's heard of this and was like, oh, yeah, I've been wanting to go there. Yeah, in fact, she's her biggest fear is that the place does not exist and she is just being conned again. Yes. She's like, you have to swear to me that there's a real place called Bonsai Palace. Yeah, which... If you have to do that with your significant other, where you're like, you you have to swear to me that this time you aren't just bullshitting me and telling me we're going somewhere and we're not, and that you're essentially just controlling my life with your weird lies, yeah, that's a bad relationship. 
I don't want her in this relationship. When they end up together at the end of the movie, I'm like, no, no, don't, no, don't be with him. That's a bad idea. He has learned nothing. The one nice thing in this movie for to this horrible character's credit is that when we're introduced to Elizabeth Banks later on and she spends the whole movie in a Santa Claus themed Teddy, um, he, he never once is like, ah, a, a beautiful lady or he just is like, hi, Charlene. Nice to meet you. And then he moves on. Yeah. It's it's the one thing about this character that I was not expecting. Well, it's be it's because it's there for Willie, the head elf. Yeah. Like if he was also hitting on her, then it would create too much stuff going on with it. So it's just there as a set piece for him to help Willie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <sighs> there's so much bullshit in the anyway, beginning of this film. Yes. We so, get introduced to a character named Slam who lets himself into Vince Vaughn's house through a window. Slam is a child that lives in his apartment complex, and he's worried that Santa won't be able to find him because... He's sleeping in a variety of, of like relatives' he, he houses. He doesn't even know where he's going to be on Christmas. It might be his aunt's, or maybe his aunt's mother's. He, she spent, he spends a lot of time crashing boyfriend. in boyfriend houses. Uh, so it's pretty clear this character is homeless, but doesn't want to say it out loud. And that's when Vince Vaughn gives him like a big old speech about how... Santa's bullshit, you shouldn't drink the Kool-Aid, and mm -hmm. he's just a fame hound, and so on and so on. Yeah, Santa's never going to give you anything you actually need. He'll just give you a bike or something. When, when what you really need, oh, couldn't he just give people world peace or something? As it turns out, no, Santa appears to run his organization like a business, and we don't... According to Fred, he's getting a piece off the sale of Santa-themed merchandise? I mean, I assume he is just saying that, I mean, but I don't... In a situation no, in where a Santa is where real, Santa is real. Then yes, he could license his image out, and presumably he's doing that. Probably not himself, but his wife. Probably someone is responsible for that job. <sighs> so I'm just gonna go ahead and very quickly get us to the point where we actually get into the meat of this movie. So he needs. $50,000 to get a place to open up a gambling hall. He, he wants an an OTB. Uh, it's some kind of bar, I think. Yeah, it's like a pool over hall the or, bar. And, oh, it's an over the... Yeah, something like that. I don't know. It, I, I'm sure actual bar goers will tell us exactly what that is in the comments. I, I don't know enough he about He wants bars. a gambling place, yeah. and he needs $50,000. He tries to scam people on the street. Because he sees, like, one of the Salvation Army guys out there. Oh, yeah, that was the Jingle All the Way scene. That yeah. was literally a scene from Jingle All the Way. He gets chased by about 10 to 15 Santas, mm -hmm. fights them in a mall, and loses and goes to jail. Yeah, because, well, the thing he's going to jail for, presumably, is is uh, collecting charity on the street without a permit, because the Santas are like, hey, this guy doesn't have a permit, let's call the cops on him. And he's like, there's a cop, and then he runs away, right? So after he gets beaten up by 50 mall Santas, uh, street Santas in this case, I assume they call the cops and report him for collecting charity without a permit. And you'd think he'd just be like, okay, well, I'm going to press charges on them for assault, because it's not their job to assault me, it's their job to just call the police and report me, right? Yeah, they... They beat me up, so assault. Also, they have no evidence that I did that. Yeah. So, but instead, what happens is the next scene is just him in jail, and his and Rachel Vice is no longer returning his calls. Well, because she's at Bonsai Palace, which turns out to be a fart-themed sumo restaurant. I was gonna say it's basically Benihana, where someone is sumo wrestling in the middle of it. Hmm? But they decided the joke here was sumo wrestlers fart when they hit the cage that they are well, wrestling. Notably, in. Notably, sumo 
can't work with a cage. That's antithetical to how sumo works. Yes. Which is which makes it a very weird scene because you have a bamboo cage match happening with two sumo wrestlers fart slapping each other in the middle of the room. And it's like people are yelling and betting on it. It's like, what's the win condition? The win condition in sumo is you get knocked. You fall off your feet or you get knocked out of that circle. Yeah. But it's it's, it's bad. Yeah. It's dumb. And it's very it's just some sumo wrestler's ass is being pushed against the bamboo near her, and every time he's pushed, he farts again. Yeah. So it's just... <laughs> you're just like, oh, dude. That's seri- the joke. Okay. Uh, oh, should also mention, just assume any time we mention any slapstick things in this, there's a bunch of goofity noises. That's right. They put in a ton of whoop, zippity-zop, boink. boink. Also... All, you should also just assume that every single Christmas song you've ever heard play in a cost plus or a mall or something is used in the soundtrack as fast as possible. It's about 30 seconds of any given song. Yeah. And it will move on to the next one immediately. Yeah. So, okay. So he calls up Santa, his old younger brother, Nick, and asks for bail money hmm? and also $50,000. And he's Santa, trying to bamboozle Santa, basically. Yeah. Santa's like, all right, I'll bail you out, and also I'll give you the money if you come work for me, because I guess we're behind this year. Yeah, so, and he's going to try and give him a cherry job that's good for his brother. Uh, you know, he's immediately like, like, uh, yeah, yeah, well, you never come out here and visit. I would love to see you, I guess. Yeah, the, the stipulation is you have to come here and work for me because you've never once visited me. Yeah, and... Fred's like, uh, I guess I can do that. I don't want to. You should really just give me the money. I don't know why you're not. And, you know, Giamatti's like, dude, you need to come here or nothing's happening. Quit with. He's the one guy who ever at any point in this movie is like, knock it off. Just, yeah. Just stop working angles for five fucking seconds. And the thing you is, goddamn tool. The second he was like, yeah, I'll give you that for working over here and you're going to get fifty five thousand dollars essentially because fifty thousand for your gambling thing and five thousand for your bail, Vince Vaughn is a huge asshole about this. Yeah, immediately. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't He doesn't think he should have to do it. He doesn't want to go out there by elf because the next scene after the agreement is him getting ready to leave. He goes to try and talk to Rachel Vice, but she doesn't want to talk to him. He's like, hey, I got to go. I'm leaving. I'm going to go work with my brother. And she's like, you're leaving on in, you're leaving in December. How dare you? Well, no, it's you're leaving and you say you have a brother, although you told me you don't have a brother. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then he goes back home and an elf shows up. Oh, and uh, Slam, the kid from his apartment, gets taken away to an orphanage. Right, right. Uh, orphanage people show up. And, and 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 take him to a Dickensian-style orphanage. Yeah, one of those ones where there's like 16 beds in the room and all the kids are just in there fighting with each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, <sighs> it's good to know that the, the dream of the 30s is alive in Christmas movies. Now, once Fred gets to the North Pole is where we start in on the thing that I am most interested in and that the movie has no explanation for. Real quick, though, as as Slam is being dragged off to an orphanage, he has to get his big line from the movie, which is, let's hold up for a second. Just so you know, if you guys think I'm going to sing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow on the way to the car, think again. So this, you know, nine-year-old orphan kid from... Chicago is very familiar with with uh, the mu- musical Annie. Yeah, it's uh, it's a big part of his character and personality. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. So in <laughs> the North Pole, Santa is worried because an efficiency expert is coming to the North Pole to see how things are going from the head office. 
Whence? Whither? There is no real explanation of who's in charge, Mm -hmm. what authority they have, and why they would care one way or the other, except we also learn that they are apparently just in charge of all holidays, holiday creatures, essentially, because they're like, oh, we we made a one tooth, one visit tooth fairy rule. You know, you, you lose a tooth, you get a buck, but that's it. Get over it. Mm-hmm. And, and the Easter Bunny. We're going to get the Easter Bunny, because who cares? He doesn't make any sense. And this is a very sinister character. He's, he's His name is Clyde. He's played by Kevin Spacey. Yeah, and <laughs> Kevin Spacey here being a, a better Lex Luthor <laughs> than he was in Superman Returns, which came out the same year. Uh, so... I think. 2008, is that right for Superman Returns? That feels right to me. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, yes. So, the mythology of this is that there is someone in charge of them, which is why I wasn't sure what was going on with the elves and the sleigh and everything. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know if that's Santa magic, or if that's just, like, Santa got a job with the company that does all of this, instead of him being like... Oh, and I have magic powers, and I decided to set up shop at the North Pole. It was the company that runs mythological beings was like, hey, do you want a job as Santa? Right. Uh, Superman Returns is 2006. I'm just saving myself some some emails and comments. Right. There we go. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, it's very, very unusual. And it, it's it goes completely under Arctopom. When, when Spacey shows up and starts sort of menacing Giamatti, he's like, listen... You're, you're wildly inefficient, and I'll tell you why. It's because kids these days are making 15 gift requests. When when we started this program with you with Santa Claus, most of them just requested that their parents would live longer. Yeah, most of the, them requested one thing, and most of those were intangibles. Yeah, they were like so goodwill. Like and, peace and yeah, stuff. Stuff that we didn't have to do. And now each one of them wants like 15 custom gifts. Several of them require uh, expensive Xboxes and so on, and your efficiency is drastically, uh, drastically in question. So effectively, we're going to do a three-strike policy on you. And let me set down the rules now as the efficiency expert from whoever's in charge of santa and don't ask questions uh there you have three strikes and you can't tell anyone why i am here (sighs) which is very strange because you'd think oh don't tell you know the elves or anyone else because you don't he's trying to see them in a natural state Mm -hmm. i get that but when his brother shows up, you think he would immediately go to his brother and be like, look, there's a fucking efficiency expert guy who might shut down Christmas if we aren't efficient. Please don't be Vince Vaughn for the next couple weeks. Which is a problem because Vince Vaughn immediately is Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, We get the the one little bit of meanness that we get from Santa in the movie is he's like, look, I've taken care of your sleeping arrangements and stuff. Oh, first thing that happens when, when Vince Vaughn lands in the North Pole is he is attacked by uh, even littler person, little littler persons, like the littlest of little persons. For some reason, they've they've gradiated the little person actors on this film so that the smallest ones are the company ninjas. Yeah, uh, who attack him on sight because they think he has a gun, uh, and it's just a bunch of slapstick and you know and boings and and, and, of, and of course when when uh, Santa shows up and is like, hey, don't attack that guy. He's my brother. Vince Vaughn has to be like, I'll sue all of you. I'm going to sue you for the... I just took a lot of physical damage, and I feel like it's going to be very expensive. It's like, dude, come on. You're visiting your brother. Stop it. For for a couple of minutes. Just 
just stop being Vince Vaughn for a little bit. But anyway, they, they say they're going to put him up for the night. And the one mean thing that Santa does is he puts him up with Willie, the head elf, uh, and doesn't provide him with a human-sized bed. Yeah, he is in a bunk bed with the head elf Willie. Mm-hmm. And great. He sleeps with his legs basically dangling off it. Which, weirdly, he does not march back up to Santa and complain about, given his status with literally every other thing that ever occurs. Yeah. Um, it's the one thing where he's just like, Sure, I won't complain about this for no reason. It's a sight gag, I guess. I gotta do the sight gag. Well, the next day, we wake up. Uh, Willie's taking him in to give him a tour of the facility and, and explain to him what his job is. And his first thing is, hey, you gotta slow down, buddy. I'm not a morning person. And I was like, God, I don't care if they can redeem this character or not. I will never be redeemed with this guy. My number one rule for people who say there aren't morning people is, yeah, get over it and go to work. <laughs> Well, you can say like a true morning person. You can say you're not a morning person, but that doesn't mean you don't have to fucking get up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but he does. He just also says yeah, he isn't a morning person. Don't make person. me do anything and don't talk to me. I haven't had my coffee. No, see, that is annoying. Mm-hmm. They don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. I'm like, no, you're just an asshole. You can be <laughs> not a morning person and be like, dude, I'm very tired. Yeah, no, it's fine to not be a morning person and just be like, hey, I, I, I kind of hate things right now. But being like, I won't do stuff in the morning because I'm not a morning person. And you're just like, dude, you, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. It's it's a normal thing. And I don't know why I'm. This is a weird thing to harp on. There's, he's pl- he's an asshole in plenty of other ways. Yeah, uh, he is taken to be you know shown how everything works, the toy factory, blah blah blah. There's a giant snow globe control room in the snow globe. Will show you at a glance any child in the world. Well, anyone in the world. Oh, it's anyone in the world. Um, you just say their name and where they are. Yeah, and then. Uh, Spacey shows up, so he gets left alone in the room as Santa hurriedly walks off to try and mollify Spacey about something or other. And, and Vince Vaughn has to be like, hey, yeah, yeah, you leave me in here. I go, I'll, I'll just try and find the Swedish bikini team. Maybe they're showering. And I'm like, dude, it's 2008. The Swedish bikini team is a reference from the 19 fucking 80s. You think of someone else hot. <laughs> uh, so the job that Santa gives Fred is basically curating the naughty nice list Mm -hmm. of here's some files for kids and just go through real quick for ones that we aren't sure of Mm -hmm. like borderline cases and either you know if they look like they've been nice hit them with a nice if it looks like they've been naughty hit them with the naughty stamp that's it here's a question i have for you at this point john uh vince Vaughn has committed committed himself to a month of work in or 22 days of work actually he starts on december 1st and has to be out by the 22nd because that's when his 50 grand is due for the place that he wants do you think he quit the repo job at any point in the film and we just didn't see that happen i would assume he didn't i would assume he just left yeah because he seems like the kind of person to do that yeah and then just argue his way back into the job when he needs it yeah be like, oh, yeah, I was very sick and I was helping a charity or something. What, you, you can't prove I'm not because I'll just keep talking. Um, but anyway, also, John, let me ask you a, a personal question. You you and I are both, me more than you in particular, are, are noted assholes. Yeah, you way more than me. Yeah, in particular. I'm, I'm a huge asshole. If, I am very nice yeah, and you, never an asshole. <laughs> well, that's not true, but... <laughs> <laughs> only to you! Fair enough. See, now that's why my experiences are so colored. Exactly. Uh, okay, but... If you let's just let's make it about me instead, then. All right. Envision me getting offered a 22J job that pays $50,000 and it's weird and interesting because it's at the North Pole. Yeah. Would I start claiming? When do you think I would start complaining about the work conditions? I mean, would, would it I be would in the first three minutes? Never. No, I would not because $50,000 is a motherfucking motivator. Yeah. 50, $50,000 is 
is a life-changing amount of money for most people <laughs> and saying, hey, I want you to stamp a like piece of paper, naughty or nice, and you'll do this for 22 days and we'll give you $50,000. It's like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. But instead, what happens is he's like, ah, I guess I can do that if it's what you want. But really, I feel like you should just give me $50,000 and I get out of here. But ultimately, an elf comes in with a pile of files and he's like, oh, okay, that's not so bad. Is that all of it? And the elf goes, ha, that's Bethesda, Maryland. That's Bethesda, the company. <laughs> all of them are getting copies of Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> all of them are getting Skyrim. More Skyrim. Different editions of Skyrim. This one runs on a TI graphing calculator. But, you know, it, it, he's immediately like, oh, that's fucking so many files. I don't want to do anything. Blah, blah, blah. And then he gets in a fight with Ludacris, who is playing the elf DJ. <sighs> the CGI to put Ludacris's face on a little person's body is basically the same as those apps you download where you put a picture of yourself and it puts that face onto a dancing elf. <laughs> that's about the same level here. Yep. No, like you can just sort of see the face kind of like move off the side <laughs> of the body as it's moving. Yeah, again, it looks like cl the Conan bits where he's doing clutch cargo. Yeah, it's, it's real it's, bad. It's not great. Well, it turns out that it is the DJ, DJ the Elf, plays, uh, which what song Santa was it? Santa Claus is coming Santa, to town. Santa Claus is coming to town over and over and over again. And he dedicates it to a different person each time. And it's being requested. Mm -hmm. It's this, like, oh, this one comes from Beth down in rapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the one thing that Vince Vaughn cannot abide. He is like, I need real music. I cannot I cannot listen to Santa Claus is coming to town all day long. And there's no point where he even goes, hang on, Vince. Hang on. What's his real name in this? Fred? The, the name of the movie? Fred? <laughs> hang Fred on, what Claus? Is What's this Fred, movie? Fred What's, Claus? What, what, what we do watch? There's no point where he goes, hang on, Fred. $50,000. Instead, he's like, ah, oh, I'll just go change the music. I don't fucking care. Yeah. yeah. Instead, I'm going to fight an elf, shove him into a cabinet, turn on some... Very bland, generic rock music. Yeah, it's a remix of something old. Because one of the defining characteristics of him as a as a, uh, a human is that he only listens to farty old dad rock. Which, I mean, he's immortal, so I guess he might have been like, oh, yeah, I really like this. He was very into the Rolling Stones. Uh, it, it's, he was like, oh, the 60s are the best time for me. I love Rolling Stones. Ah, I'm never going to stop listening to this. And you'd hope he was like he was like let's change the music let's put on something Bavarian from the 1600s <laughs> what, what you got by Bartok <laughs> but no he's clearly an 80s man being forced to live in a 2008 world even though he's from the 16th century uh, so he puts on some music and what's I want to really go into this for just a second he goes up to DJ and he's like hey change the song it's stupid and he's like I'm not gonna change the song it was a request Okay, well, the next song, change the song. No, I like this song. I'm going to keep playing it. So he walks over and starts playing with DJ's equipment in front of him, who just kind of pushes him away. He's like, hey, man, don't do that. And he tries to push him away. And he's like, oh, you're getting physical with me? You're going to get physical? I'm going to sue you. And then he picks up this little person and stuffs him in a locker. Yeah. And at this point, you're still supposed to be on his side because he's going to play fun rock music. Yeah, there's uh, there's almost no point in this movie where I am on his side. <laughs> So he plays a bunch of music and then and all, starts just, a dance party on the floor. Yeah, of course. Even though this character has shown no interest in other people at any point throughout the course of the film, he's like, hey, all you elves, we all need to learn to loosen up. Let's do a dance party. I'll teach y'all how to dance. So you're like, And instead what? of the elves going, shut up, Vince Vaughn, <laughs> I requested Santa's coming to town. Get the fuck off this conveyor belt. They're like, 
Oh, yeah, that sounds fine. Let's all have a big dance party. And, of course, it turns into the efficiency expert walks in at that moment. Oh, is... that's strike one. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the by the way, there's also a scene around this point where uh, we meet Elizabeth Banks's character, who is just sort of like a planning officer for Santa. She's the number cruncher. She's a number cruncher. She wears a miniskirt and a teddy, and she wanders around the North Pole like that, and she has no character. Yes. Uh, Her jo- entire character is, she is good with numbers, mm-hmm. and Willie has a crush on her. Mm-hmm. And she forgets his name yes. every single time. Yes. Uh, so every time she sees him, she's like, oh, hi. Uh, um, Willie. Will- Willie. That's right. That's It's Willie. Hi, Fred. And then she leaves. Because she's, again, there is absolutely no chemistry or even implied chemistry between her and Fred in this film. No. But she does remember his name. Yes. I assume it's because he's human, and she doesn't give a fuck about all these elves everywhere. Maybe. Um, anyway, Willie's got a real problem with that. So that's going to be an ongoing sort of theme in the film. That's a subplot. Well, that's going to be sort of the point where we're supposed to like Fred is when he tries to get Willie the confidence to like make a move on uh, Charlene. Yeah, because uh, Fred's gotten into another fight with Santa. Uh he, he basically tries to blame the whole dance party on DJ the Elf and launches into a whole, like, hey, if you're going to throw the book at him and fire that DJ the Elf or whatever, that's fine. I, I would support that 100%. I am an unrepentant asshole. I'm basically El- Eleanor Shellstrop, uh, <laughs> uh, but in 2008 in a, in a different place than a guy. Uh, uh, yeah, fire him. Kill him. Kill that. Kill That no fucking sucks. I'll kill him. Uh, it, right? Because you and me, we got a special brother bond, so you do whatever I want, right? Like that kind of thing. And Santa's like, God damn it, just knock it off. And so he goes to get drunk in the elf bar in town, does Vince Vaughn. Yeah, because they they try to get him to go to dinner, and the the parents are there, and it's just a scene with the parents doting on Santa and basically ignoring him. And well, they don't ignore him. They just stop to make fun of him. They're like, oh, you're a shifty loser. Santa. <laughs> you're a piece of shit. Yeah. That's not that's the scene where you're like, God damn, the parents are horrible. I get it. And also it, it would have the scene begins with him and Santa standing around talking outside. And uh, Vince sees the parents inside. He's like, you ambushed me. I told you I didn't want to see my parents while I was here. And Santa's like, come on. It's just it's just the one. It's just dinner. It'd be nice for you to see them. And he's like, no, I really do not want to. And then. Oh boy, we cut right to a scene yeah. of them both at there dinner. Is, there is no possible way you could ever get me into that building. Smash cut to the door opening and he walks in. Yeah. Oh goodness, who didn't see that coming? What? Are, how come so many Christmas movies are about the theme of not respecting other people's autonomy? Uh, because every Christmas movie is about how you need to like Christmas the right way. Yeah. And if you don't, you must be ostracized or brought back into the fold. Yeah, so they... Because if he doesn't want to see his parents, that's his prerogative. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of people I've... And after seeing his go- parents, yes, yeah. he should be like, no, fuck these people. Yeah, th- you don't need them in your life if they're going to be absolute shit to you for your entire life, no matter what. Yeah, especially you if you're like 400 years old, Yeah, and they've been shit to you for 400 years. Exactly. I have close personal friends who never want to see their parents again. It's not like I'm going to force them to because it's Christmas. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, well, you gotta. Yeah. But if they if they wanted to see their if they didn't want to see their parents and it was the morning, then I'd be like, "Fuck you! You're not a morning person. Go talk to your parents." <laughs> but that's the only that's the only stipulation. Anyway, uh, he gets also he goes, Clyde, the efficiency expert, is there, and he finds out that basically Fred and Sant and Nicholas have a problem, 
and he's going to use that because he wants to shut things down. I wonder if we, at this point in the movie, if we should pause for a second and ask people to guess what Clyde's motivation is, because there's only three motivations for Christmas villains. So, yes. So can you guess the motivation of Clyde, the efficiency expert? I'm going to we'll gonna get let, to it in about 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, guess, write it down. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. You're probably right. Mm hmm. And we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he wants to shut everything down. And at this point, we've, we've realized that he is not actually there. Well, I mean, he is actually there on business. No, no it's but real. He's there to shut it down. Yeah, there's, it's not a fair and impartial observation. He is there to shut down. Yeah, he hates Santa and, and he, Christmas, apparently, and wants to shut the whole thing down. Yeah, and there's a personal bent to it. All right, so... Uh, he, so Santa Lee or Fred leaves and goes to a bar to get drunk. And the only people in the bar are Willie and himself and Charlene, who is Elizabeth Banks's character, who is just sitting there reading. Uh, and they have a brief conversation about her at the bar. She gets up to leave. And then uh, Fred tries to teach Willie how to dance so that he can dance with her to win her over. Yeah, this is supposed to be Fred Claus's save the cat moment mm-hmm. where we actually like him. Except, of course, he puts on a farty old. You know, he, I like that Rolling Stones song, too, but it's not like it's yeah, a good dance. Yeah, he puts on note. Beast of Burden. Yeah. Tries to teach Willie how to dance. Willie gets too into it. Uh, and gets too into it and falls through a table as Charlene comes back in and sees him face down. Yeah, and he's like, oh, no, I've been seen having fallen down. Now I'll never get the woman who doesn't even remember my name, even though I've introduced myself to her for decades. Yeah. I well, we don't know that. That's true. She's not immortal. It's not yeah, like she's, she's connected just to the a human, as far as we know. Yeah, she's just a human. She didn't have any powers. <laughs> and that is a good question. If he is in love with Charlene the human, and he's an elf who has been alive for hundreds of years, we don't know that either. We don't know if the elves are. We immortal. do. Oh, we do, do know we, the we elves have been around for at least a few hundred years. Okay, because we got some throwaway thing in there about that. All right, so. So now he's mad, not really mad at Fred. He's mad at him. He's like, I'm a, I'm a failure. I'll never win over Charlene. I, I guess I should just date one of the elves. <laughs> Even though every single one of the men elves looks like we're on QI. <laughs> Man, it pans across elf faces. and You're just like, is this every famous British person? <laughs> None of them are famous British people. But as you pan across, you're like, oh, look, Phil Jupitus, Bill Bailey. <laughs> hey, hey, isn't that, isn't that? No, it couldn't be. Is that Billy Piper? Get out! Get out of here! <laughs> what are you? How are you doing this? It's so many famous British people. Uh. Uh. Anyway, so uh, while that's happening, uh, Clyde is in the office shredding letters from children mm-hmm. because he's like, "Oh, now they let them see him explain this." Oh, ho, ho, you've been naughty, Fred. Yeah, yeah. And, so and- now he's gonna try and blame. His nonsense on Fred, which is interesting. This down. There's no, there's no investigation to it. They're just like, Fred, did you do this? And he's like, No, I wasn't in my office in the middle of the night. What are you talking about? That's crazy. Why would I go there? Uh, and they're like, Well, you don't understand. These files are super important. You have to find them if you if you know where they you are. You were in charge of you, them. You're I'm like, no. come clean. And he's like, I have no idea. I promise you, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, which is weird because later in the film, it's established that the giant snow globe you can use to look at children also has time travel powers. Well, yeah, you can look at whatever. You can be like, hey, this person a week ago. Yeah, which means that they could easily just go look at the office and be like, who did that? Who? Wh- where do the files go in the middle of the night? Well, you'd have to say a person. Yeah, fine. So they could be like, all right, uh, Fred Claus, whatever time of night, and they'd see him dancing to fucking Beast of Burden with Willie. Yeah. 
they'd see his alibi, and then they could be like, hold on, who's the person who brought this to who's our attention? Who's the one person that hates this? Yeah, and hates this place and wants to shut it down? All right, show me Clyde Norcutt and what he was up to last night. Oh, look, there he is, obviously doing it. Look at him shredding letters. Okay, you're out. <laughs> I'm going to report you to whatever head office you keep talking about. God, I want to know what the fuck is going on here. I mean, we've been talking for a while, and I want to just say there's a point where when they get three strikes, he has a pink slip for Santa Claus, and I need to know who hired Santa <laughs> and why this is happening. Yeah, we Because won't. as well, it's not like Clyde is an elf or a wizard or some sort of crazy being. He's just a guy that works for this company. He is a human, as I assume Charlene is. And yet, for some reason, he has the power to fire Santa. Yeah. No no idea what's going on here. Uh, and also, isn't it really difficult to fire Santa? I mean, I guess he's going to shut down Christmas as a concept. Because otherwise, it's very useful that Santa, an immortal saint with superpowers, wants to do Santa stuff. Because <laughs> as it stands, otherwise you have to replace him with people who do this impossible job. Oh, no. His whole thing is he's basically he's like, I'm going to shut down Christmas. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to cancel the whole project. Uh, okay, so they ha- they stage an intervention for Fred because he's being mean about everything uh, and they do this by sending those ninja elves to abduct him instead of saying hey can hey, you come with me come come in this room with us please instead they're like we have to kid well obviously the only way to get him in this room is to physically attack him restrain him including cutting off his breathing and then drag him across the yard in front of all the elves into a room where we'll make we'll make him untie himself yeah and then be like we're here to help you mm-hmm and that's of course, a, that's not a good way to start this, an intervention. Yeah, this is the one time where his justification of like that fucking sucked. Why'd you do that? Is uh, but of course he takes it too far, and he's like, he's like, I've suffered physical damage and whiplash. I'm going to sue you for all that. My lawyer has a lot of vowels in his last name. And you're like, dude, just stop, just just stop, please. It hasn't worked for you before. It's not going to work for you now. It's not funny. No screenwriter, also, please stop. The screenwriter, don't. Yeah. Um, so it turns out they're they're trying to stage an intervention for him, and the parents are there, and Santa and Santa's wife are there, and they have asked Rachel Weiss, a uh, vice, to come all the way from from Chicago to here so she can be part of it, and she is very nonplussed by this whole thing. Yeah, Wanda's like, "Oh, your brother's Santa. Anyway, I'm here for the intervention." And you're like, "Okay, you're taking this in stride." Yeah, and the one nice even joke, in a, even in a world where Santa exists, mm-hmm. being like. I got taken to the North Pole by Santa and you are Santa's brother. You'd think even in that world, you'd be like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, there's also a psych- uh, like a psychologist or something in there, a therapist who doesn't get a single line yeah. uh, because, you know, ultimately everyone just rips into, uh, they start by all ripping into into uh, Fred, but then they start ripping into each other as well. Yeah. Because uh, for some, uh, our, uh, Fred basically brings up that he saw Wanda get hit on by a guy. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in this movie for 15 seconds. He hits on her at a uh, at, at a trolley stop or, or, or while well, well, she's putting a ticket on his car. Yes. And she doesn't really respond. She just kind of goes, haha, that's cute. I, I, maybe I'll go out with you someday. And then she walks off and he launches into her about it. She, he's like, he's like, it's very unpleasant that an old man hit on you. And that's literally his line of attack. Did, yes. did um, an old man hit her, you, on you or not? And I'm like, first of all, I don't care which one of you two is actually older. Jeffrey Dean Morgan looks amazing compared to you. Yes. Also, 
someone hit on her and that's the thing yeah, that you're mad about she's a meter maid she gets hit on all the time she's in chicago there's so many people who are like hey she's like, rachel weiss yeah she's rachel weiss wandering around chicago in a skirt everyone's gonna hit on her you'd think he'd be used to this by now but instead that's his only thing he's like did someone hit on you it's very unpleasant that someone with old liver spotted hands would hit on you and i'm like dude and he starts basically just slut shaming her for being hit on mm-hmm. and she's like i'm leaving mm-hmm. oh well maybe you can get a date with one of the elves on your way out I'm like, all right, you're an awful person. Yeah, he's just trying to turn it around. He's trying to get the blame off himself. Meanwhile, there's a whole subplot fight going on between uh, Santa's wife, uh, Annie, some, uh, Annie, I think, yeah, and uh, and, and uh, Kathy Bates uh, over whether or not Santa's weight is appropriate. Yeah, so she's like, he needs to lose weight. He's got sleep apnea. It's affecting his health. And and also other aspects of our relationship. She has to say, just so that Vince Vaughn can sneak into the conversation with a, oh, Santa can't get his sleigh off the ground. You're like, dude, come on, no. Ugh. You're, you've been you've been Santa's brother for 400 years. Have you not gotten the Santa jokes out of your system at this point? No, because he hasn't visited him. <laughs> <laughs> and so they all they all start fighting, and and finally he's like, hey, I'm just not going to be here. I'm leaving. He just walks out of the intervention, and uh, then when he goes back to the control room for some reason. And sees that the there's a top ten naughty list on the wall in there that's constantly updating for the naughtiest kids in the world. I don't know what the possible point of that is. Well, also, they have this list of the top naughtiest, but they don't have any digital records when mm-hmm. it's brought up that uh, all of these uh, letters were shredded. They're like, oh, well, you don't have a backup. But yet they do have a constantly updating digital display of the naughtiest so you'd think they must keep some sort of record of it somewhere else we get the first example we get to see of this snow globe super observation tool in use is let's look at the naughtiest kid in the world right now and it's some six-year-old running around with a plastic bat destroying his his sister's stuff yeah and i'm like that kid's not naughty that kid's autistic (laughs) i mean that or that kid's just an asshole he might just be an asshole but he's like six but ultimately, that actually, my complaint about that, where I was like, that's not a naughty kid. That's just a kid who's having a problem right now, uh, is part of the theme of the film. That's it turns basically out- what the film is about, yeah. eventually. It takes because a- then he, he sees that Slam is the naughtiest kid in the world right now, mm-hmm. and when he looks in on him, he's basically giving the other kids in the Dickensian orphanage the same like anti-Santa speech that he gave to him. Mm-hmm. And you'd then he gets the, into a fight. You'd think the naughtiest kid in the world detector thing wouldn't even fucking point at orphanages. You'd but, think. But, but here we are. You'd and think the naughtiest like, kid in the world would be like some kid that's currently murdering a dog or something. The naughtiest kid in the world is probably Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> that's a grown-ass man. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it determines people based on how they act and not how, they, how old they are. Uh, okay, so... So, yeah, but he's just like, hey, Santa's not going to give you a family for Christmas. What are you, crazy? And I'm like, dude, Slam's not naughty. He's just distraught. He's, he's, he's distraught right now, and he's acting out a little bit. And uh, at the time, you and I were both like, that's bullshit. What the fuck? It turns out that's actually where Vince Vaughn goes, too. We yeah. didn't. We didn't. It takes a while for him to get there. So Vince Vaughn gets so angry at all the nonsense that's going on that when he goes back to his job of stamping naughty and nice, he sees Slam's record mm-hmm. and just goes fuck it nice and then starts hitting nice on every single kid hmm? he's like no every kid deserves a present i don't care it takes three quarters of the movie to get to this yeah and then that turns into the only thing that really matters in the climactic fight between him and santa and he's like we can't do this we don't have enough 
uh, ability, like production to make toys for everyone in the next three days. Like we can't physically do this. And he's like, night naughty kids aren't there's no such thing as a no, as a bad kid santa yeah. there's no such thing as a truly bad kid every kid deserves a toy on christmas yeah and santa's you know trying to stick to the status quo he's like we literally it, sure that might be true next year but this year we don't have production time um but this is enough of a wedge issue between the two of them for uh spacey's character to get involved and be like hey Things are. Uh, you, you should do something big and, and and make it a make a big deal of it to to really stick it in Santa's face. I don't even remember what he does. No, that was what That's he, what he does. The, the nice list thing. Yeah, which you know he immediately seizes on. Does Clyde the the Kevin Spacey villain? He's like, look, you marked a bunch of ni- of uh, nice kids naughty or naughty kids nice, and now you don't have time to change who's who and and you can't make toys for a bunch of naughty kids. You're gonna lose this race on efficiency. That's three strikes, Mister. Yep, and uh, he. <laughs> Gee, what, what led him to do that? Maybe we should use this giant machine that can see his past to just see what uh, what uh, Fred was doing like an hour ago. Oh, wait, he was being talked to by you? That's weird. Oh, it looks like you encouraged him to do things. Yeah, I mean... The evidence machine is not a good idea to introduce to the to the movie. No, but at this point, we pretty, we pretty much get to the actual meat of this. Uh... Fred has to decide between taking his 50,000 and opening his dumb thing or spending 50,000 to get back to the North Pole to save Christmas and $50,000 isn't going to get you to the North Pole in one day. Uh, I don't care who you are. But it does. So good news for him. Yeah, he, uh, he gets back there. Yeah, it's funny because he gets home and he opens up the because in addition to the check, he also receives a uh, present from Santa on his way out. Uh, and the present is the bird, the birdhouse that was destroyed in his childhood, rebuilt and spray painted with cheap looking gold for whatever reason with a note that says, I'm sorry, I cut down your tree. Uh, and tree is a huge metaphor throughout the course of the film. They make this whole big thing about how Santa's a big tree and he's blocked all the sunlight that could have gotten to Vince Vaughn, which ultimately is some bullshit that hurts to, to look at for him to for him to be like oh all my problems are because of my brother and the movie's about that yeah uh, also somehow while he goes home he also has time to find a brother is more famous than i am yeah it's a like a brother's this part recovery gonna, i don't know how long we've been talking so far but there's no way i'm about skimping an hour that's good i'm there's no way i'm skimping on this part because it's fucking bonkers no he goes to a siblings anonymous recovery thing and it is siblings of famous people so we've got frank stallone, frank stallone and you, you guessed it <laughs> you, frank stallone you guessed it Frank Stallone. We've got uh, Stephen Baldwin and Roger Clinton. And then everybody else is supposed to look like the brother of someone famous. So you have like a guy who looks like he might be Prince's brother. You have a guy that looks like he's probably Morgan Freeman's brother. Yeah. A guy who looks like he might be Bruce Willis's brother. So there's a bunch of, but the only, only the famous people ever actually talk. And Vince Vaughn is being an asshole throughout it, which is weird because this is well after he's supposed to have had his, his face turned. But he's like, hey, we're going to let Roger Clinton talk now. It's been, he's, he's like, been, no, let me talk. Let me talk. I have important things to say. I've got stuff I want to get off yeah, my but chest. It, but it's Roger's turn, so we're going to let Roger talk. Yeah, yeah but I would that. You do I'm, that I'm, for I'm, me. Yeah, I'm going to be the one who talks. Uh, <sighs> so Roger Clinton's like, hey, it, Roger Clinton makes a really weird point here where he's like, he's like, hey, you know, I didn't like being my, my famous president bro- uh, uh, brother's brother, but ultimately I decided that for the good of the family, I would just I wouldn't tear down his presidency from the outside with the secrets I knew. <laughs> And you're like, what? He's like, I could have tore that house down, but I didn't. I decided 
I wanted to spend my life building my brother up. <laughs> Did he know about the blowjob? What are we doing? I mean, probably. I assume <laughs> that's what it was referencing. Brother fist bump. Come on. Hey, hey, come on. Bring it. Bring it in, Roger. Bring it in. <laughs> Wait till you hear what I did with a cigar. Uh, and it is at this point when Frank Stallone, Stephen Baldwin, and uh, fucking Roger Clinton. Roger Clinton start talking about how they've gotten over a lot of their jealousy issues and how family is more important than trying to live up to some ideal that you've got in your head. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, I get it. I'm an asshole. I should help my brother. Yeah. And then he goes to a payphone, dials a random travel agency, and is like, get me to Antarctica in a day. And they're like, no. no. And he's like, North he's Pole. Like, Not have, Antarctica. Uh, North Pole, excuse me. Yeah, give me the North Pole in a day. I have, And they're like, no, that's insane. He's like, I have $50,000 that says it's not. And even then, they'd be like, no, that that, that is also insane. <laughs> I, I don't care. There isn't a flight to the North Pole. The North Pole isn't even a land mass. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It is in this, in this universe because Santa exists. Yes. Uh, he, so, yeah, he gets there, and he decides that the way that they can save Christmas and get a toy for everyone is he's like, we don't need to fulfill everyone's orders. Just everyone needs to get a toy. So what's the fastest, cheapest thing we can do for boys and also the fastest, cheapest thing we can do for girls? He weirdly says, yeah. suddenly introducing a gender thing into this for no reason. And they're like, uh, bats and hula hoops. I'm like, oh, yeah. Figure out which one hula of those hoops very gendered for girls. Mm -hmm. You should figure out which one of those is faster and just do that one. Yeah, if it takes less time to make a hula hoop, fucking every kid gets a hula hoop this year. Yeah, it's going to be perfect for uh, for Alvin or, or for Theodore, because I think that's all he wants. <laughs> no, it's it's Alvin. No, Alvin. Does Alvin just want a hula Me, hoop? Me, I want a, a hula, hula hoop. hoop. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, you're, I'm, I'm used to Alvin being an asshole, so all of his early 60s stuff where he's not, and he's just like the lead out. Uh, well, chipmunk. He's, he's an asshole in that he's... Everyone else is like, I want a good family time for Christmas. And he's like, I want presents. Yeah, that's true. He's, he becomes much more of an asshole in his later chipmunk career. Yeah. But in the beginning, he's pretty mild. And you're right. He's the one who wants a hula hoop. So if, if we went all hula hoops, he'd be happy. But apparently, hula hoops only go to the chipettes. <sighs> As you were. Now, Clyde is angry about this. You know, he's revealed his true colors at this point, which is that he wants to shut down Christmas because he's mean. Well, I mean, he's already revealed his true yeah. colors before. We but, knew that. But we get the big secret reveal. So if you're wondering what that was. Folks, oh, no, not yet. Not yet. No, soon. Because he has to. Fred Claus has to take the sleigh out because. In a weird moment, Santa is too fat to support his own weight now. Well, he also got, got into a fight. a fight before Fred yeah. left. And that injured Santa's back. But that's not the site, the thing they cite. They say he threw his back out fighting, but he's just too big to even carry his own weight at this point, says an exasperated doctor who looks exactly like the therapist that didn't get and a line was earlier. the therapist who didn't do anything earlier. Very weird. Uh, anyway, so Fred has to be like, well, you know, I don't like flying. I'm afraid of flying. I can't help you with this, but I will help you with this because it's the face turn time. So don't worry about it. Uh, and, and then, you know, the, the toys get made and he gets sent out to do the thing. There's a weird moment here, which I'm surprised we haven't talked about yet, which is a a new rule they introduce in the 11th hour yeah only so he, he goes up to willie he's like why don't you just do it you know how to fly the sled you picked me up dropped me off you're great at flying it why don't you just deliver them oh i'm sorry there's a rule maybe i didn't mention this and we're got 15 minutes left in this movie but uh only a clause can deliver presents fine i adopt you as my son go <laughs> 
You are now my son. Go. Willie Claus. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. Yeah, I mean, it worked for the- Also, now I guess you're probably immortal. Yeah. I mean, if you weren't before. Anyway, I don't know. It worked for Mrs. Claus. I mean, I mean, I mean Mrs. Claus just married into the family, and she's immortal, and she could probably go do the sled flying thing if, if, if she hadn't disappeared from the movie for a little while here to make this, you know, work. But then he goes out, and he flies it around, and wouldn't you know it, Fred Spacey shows up. Uh, Fred Spacey, of course. Yeah, Fred Spacey. Kevin Spacey shows up to do some trickery, which will, do, which will definitely go down in history as he shuts off a switch that turns off the power. He walks into the room where they are essentially giving flight information mm-hmm. To Willie and Vince Vaughn as they are flying around. Mm-hmm. And he just takes a big switch that's on the wall, flips it down, and is like, I'm shutting this down. And the gathered elves aren't just like, no, and hit the, the switch just back put on. It back up. They, they, <laughs> they instead are like, well, I guess one person oh. told us no. Oh, no. <laughs> and then Santa has to come in and be like, Clyde. I need you to turn the power back on like he couldn't walk over there and do it himself. Right. But this is so here it comes, folks. If you wanted this, you want the answer to why he's the bad guy. Go ahead and take out your pieces of paper. Get yourself ready to find out if you're right or not. If you guessed that he didn't get the toy he wanted when he was a child, you're right. Yes. You see, at one point, he was a naughty kid. Mm hmm. Very naughty. He made the top naughty list back in 68. 68. He kept getting in fights because he was he was being picked on for having glasses. Yeah. Four-eyed Clyde, they called him. And he got so fed up with it, he started getting into fights, and all he wanted was a Superman cape. Because Superman had glasses, but he could take those off and be a hero, mm-hmm. and he never got it. And that's when Santa realizes, you know what? Every kid deserves a toy. This is my fault. I... I fucked up. I should have given you something. And he gives him a very, very nice looking Superman. Oh, cape. yeah. And it's like adult size now. Yeah. It's not just like a Perfect. kid's cape. And he's like, oh, a Superman cape. Put but, it on. He's but, like, I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. I'm but, not going to put this on. Yeah. yeah, you are. Spacey's moment is pretty great, though, because he's like, he's like, uh, no, this is ridiculous. Leave me alone. And he's like, why don't you just take the glass? But you're still wearing the glasses. Yeah. Superman wore glasses. Yeah, only when he was Clark Kent. You're not Superman. Four eyes. This is whole weird psychodrama that's like, where did this come from? And eventually but, he walks over and flips the switch, but the power doesn't come back this on. Is, I really wanted this moment to be the point where he goes, see, Santa, this is why I actually needed to shut you down. You run a ridiculously shoddy operation up here. Why did you hire your shitty brother with no training? <laughs> That's nepotism, Santa. I should have given you a strike for that. You haven't turned this power off in a hundred years. Mm-hmm. This was going to blow at some None point. None of this is tested. <laughs> uh, so they're flying blind, and oh, it's, it's tense. Is he going to be able to deliver all the presents before? Yes, he is. He delivers all the presents. Yeah, and then they come back, and Willie claims his lady bride. Yeah, <laughs> Willie walks into the bar, strides up to Charlene, flips a chair around, stands on it, and kisses her. I really wanted her to finish the kiss and go, that was a nice kiss. Um, (laughs) Who uh, are you But of course, that doesn't work that way. He did a manly thing, so now he gets to have her. Yes, now she's like, oh, Willie. You own me now. I will move my few possessions into your cave. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Fred saves Christmas. Yay. And that means he gets to... Get his girlfriend back because he's like, hey, I'm I- moving in with you. He wakes her up in the middle and like four yeah, in the morning. He wakes, wakes her up in the morning and is like, hey, uh, I'm I live here now with you. 
and I got here through the chimney, although we've already established that you live in an apartment building. Mm-hmm. And also, here's a stuffed bear, and that ought to make up for everything, because it's French. Remember how I didn't take you to France? Here's a reminder of my failure. That should make me make well, you love me. And then it's like, well, yeah, now he can take her to France, because he has the company car, and it's a sleigh. And I'm like, that's not learning. That's access. Yeah, you if, didn't if, learn if, a lesson. What you did was learn that, oh, I can use my brother's <laughs> largesse in order to get ahead in life. If, if our takeaway from this movie was supposed to be to discover that you can finally- the power of nepotism? After 400 years, you can learn the magic of nepotism yeah then great that's what fred claus is all about i guess in 2008 that lesson would still kind of not be completely barf inducing but now that we have to deal with like eight trumps in charge of everything yeah it's not great it's just not great it ain't good (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he flies her to paris in the sleigh and then we get to see the the narrator who's the dad who never otherwise gets a line in the movie comes back and he's like well i guess you're wondering what happened to everyone else and there's like oh they got together for christmas and uh santa started losing weight and uh, fred's mom is still an asshole and <laughs> she, she's learned nothing i can't believe i'm married to her she's worse than she was in misery there's a reason i don't speak and it's so i never bring her eye down upon me <laughs> these two elves who went unmentioned in both the review and the film finally got email and now they're emailing each other it's weird that we would put that i assumed there was a bit cut out of this movie <laughs> where they needed email anyway we're still gonna leave it in at the end uh willie is definitely still with charlene because he's a man and she's a lady who recognizes a man uh and you're probably wondering about slam the orphan don't worry he got adopted by a black family because he's black (sighs) great that's that's the movie also for some reason we're going to put his family's credits the actors playing his family's credits in the stunt coordinator position for- i mean maybe they were the stunt coordinators and they're like oh hey you're black do you want to be this kid's parents i this here? movie need a young black girl teenager stunt cor- uh, uh, cor- or doer <laughs> there's a teenage girl in that scene and she gets cast there as his sister yeah and so they didn't need uh, uh, anyway uh, they're like, hey, who's three black people on the set right yeah, now? Just get them and put them in here. Uh, they, they don't have SAG cards, so we can't give them actor credits. We, yeah. have, to, we have to credit them as stunt people. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's the end of Fred Claus. Oh, we also I also forgot that when he visits Slam in his orphanage to like be like, hey, man, say I was wrong earlier, and Santa's actually a good person, and you should be nice to people, and so on. Also, here's the puppy you asked for for Christmas. Uh, I They're probably going to take it away from you in the morning because you live in an orphanage. <laughs> you live in an orphanage, and I gave you a puppy. There's a 0% chance that this Dickensian hellhole is going to be like, yeah, sure. Just let this puppy run around. <laughs> Maybe it'll win over the affections of Miss Havisham. Uh, anyway, we are done. We're done. We're done. We're done. I got nothing else. Uh, final final judgments, Man. which is I'm also going to use to meander a little because I got a lot more to say. <laughs> For example, of the few times in this movie where there's music that's not just bought off the shelf Christmas music, uh, the score of the film sounds like it was lifted from the practice sessions for Jurassic Park. There's some very weird, it sounds like it's about to go right into the Jurassic Park theme Mm -hmm. before it turns ever so slightly left. Multiple Jurassic Park themes, the sad one and the big sweeping one, both are referenced in this film for some reason. (sighs) All right, you know what, Jeff? Yeah? Give me your favorite thing in this movie. Oh, for fuck's sake. Paul Giamatti's performance of Santa is fine. Great. There you go. John, give me yours. Uh, 
you know, <laughs> I think, I think my favorite thing in this is the absolute unsure nature of what the fuck is going on with the mythology of Santa So you Claus. just like this movie for the little bit of what like you have for this movie is stemmed from the fact from that me they did yelling zero at the movie what is happening. They did zero work establishing why there's an efficiency expert with a black helicopter. Yeah, there's there's no mention of like who's at the home office? Who's in charge of that? Why would someone be in charge of Santa? Do they own the reindeer or are those Santa's reindeer? Why is Santa giving Fred $50,000 a weird problem for Santa when Santa appears to own a village? He owns an entire village and the means of production to make toys, every toy that he has asked for, for every nice kid. Like, you'd think you'd just go, uh, yeah, sure, here you go. It comes out of whatever weird method I, ge- I, I use to generate the raw materials that make these toys. Like It's fine. I don't know if I'm magic and I can just generate them. And ostensibly, otherwise he's he's already he's even richer than we thought because that means he's paying for a, sh- a shipping fleet just to bring raw materials to make toys to the North Pole. Yeah, I don't. There is a lot of unanswered questions. The, normally, you get around these questions because you're like, "Yeah, Santa's magic." Doesn't yeah, you're fuck- just like, "Oh, Santa's magic, and he makes toys. Whatever." It, it doesn't fucking matter. But, but in the this second case- you start going like, "Oh, he's got an HR department," he answers to. Yeah. You're like, whoa, okay, okay, now I've got some now, questions. Now logistics matter. <laughs> yeah. So that's my favorite the, thing in this. The moment you have to ask Santa for money, logistics starts to matter. Yeah. Okay. Your least favorite thing in this movie, Jeff. Oh, God. There's so many different things in this movie that are my least favorite. Give me one, one thing. The least. I'm just going to say all of Vince Vaughn's dialogue. I hate listening to this guy just do his dumb spooling off dodging shtick. It's horrible. And there's no point in the film. There's a point that's supposed to be his saving the cat moment and it's a point that's supposed to be his face turn. He's an asshole right through both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't like him. I don't like Fred Claus. I like Santa. I don't like Fred Claus. How's that? Is that good enough? How about you? Great. I want to say probably the worst thing in this movie for me, I'm going to say it has to be the point at the end of the movie where he goes back to Wanda's and is like, I live here. Hey, I live here now. And here's a teddy bear and we're together now. And you're not allowed to not have me be with you anymore yeah yeah, and i was like just get used to the concept and even she's like wow this is real creepy and probably uh restraining order time and he's like no it isn't though yeah (laughs) and manages to bullshit his way into being like no but you still love me and we have to be together yeah and i'm like oh this is terrifying you're a horrifying creature Remember the last time we spoke to each other i walked out of your intervention because you were yelling at me over not dating someone you thought i might date I don't want to talk to you. This yeah, is we're you, very you, done. You've established that you're not a good relationship partner, and yet you're, you need to work on you. Yeah, you really need to fix. She even says that. That's her reason for walking out on the on the thing. She's like, she's like, your problem is that you don't, you can't let anyone else love you. And I'm like, like a, you can't love anyone because you don't think you're worthy of yeah, love. The first half of the sentence where she was like, your big problem is you won't let anyone love you. And I was like, no, his big problem is he's an asshole. Yes, that's. Uh. So yeah, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's bad. That moment is the worst in the film. Second cho- second worst is that there's only one song in this movie that they cut away and come back to, and it's Merry Christmas by the Waitresses, which is, huh. ugh. <laughs> if I had to pick a, a pop song Christmas I don't like, it's that one. Yeah. It's it's the uh, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, and it's something else in this year. Merry Christmas. You know, the 80s one. Yeah. Oh, I hate that song. Great. So, just putting that out there. All right, let's go ahead and give this film a zero to five from each of us, giving Fred Claus a rating out of ten. 
Jeff. One and a half. John. I don't feel like rationalizing. Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to give it a one and a half. Mm-hmm. That seems right. Mm-hmm. A three out of ten seems about right for this movie. I did. Weirdly, I liked the message of this movie, aside from the discover nepotism arc. Oh, yeah. The, the very where- end where it's like, there aren't anything as bad kids. Every kid has a story for what's going on. Yeah. Like. Kids are kids are products of circumstances, and, and you can't. You're basically punishing someone for being in a bad situation. Yeah, and and all you're doing is creating spirals. Yeah. And and, uh, that's a good message, but it's not the message that this movie set out to tell. No. It's just the way they figured out how to end it. Yep. (laughs) All right, there you go. Three out of ten for Fred Claus. Thank you. very Vince Vaughn Christmas. Thank you for joining us. We will be back in another couple weeks with another movie mastery in the very Vince Vaughn Christmas series. If you like what we do, <laughs> why would you? And you want to help us, you can go over to patreon.com slash system mastery and any amount helps. There's bonus content to be unlocked. We have so many podcasts we do. We do too many podcasts. And of course, you can go to our website, systemmasterypodcast.com, find all of our stuff there, including written things and, uh, for next month, we'll have a poll-up for in-theaters now. This month is just a Vince Vaughn Christmas, so no no in-theaters this month. Right, yeah. Uh, so get get ready for yet more Vince Vaughn, unless there's a Vince Vaughn Christmas movie in theaters right now. There isn't. Okay, good. So we will see you in two weeks with more Movie Mastery, and until then, you have a good one.